We're going to be over in Mark chapter 11 this morning. Mark the 11th chapter. I'm sure your moms can relate to this story, but little Johnny had been misbehaving and was sent to his room. He emerged a few minutes later and informed his mother that he had thought things over and even had prayed a little prayer. His mother was extremely happy. She said, if you ask God to help you to not misbehave, He will. Johnny said, oh, I didn't ask Him for help with that. I asked Him to help you put up with me. (laughs) Well, sometimes, you know, the Word of God tells us in Mark chapter 11, verse 24, it says, Therefore I say to you, whatever things you ask when you pray, believe that you receive them and you will have them. There's a whole lot of asking going on in prayer because people, because the Word of God says whatever. But we're going to take a look at what this verse means. We started this series some, some time ago and we've been looking at the things in the area of doubt. We spent a lot of time in the area of speaking to situations and speaking to things as that's what this verse was, was referring to in the beginning. The, uh, in fact, let's pull that up there. Go back to verse 20. Mark chapter 11, verse 20. Now in the morning as they passed by, they saw the fig tree dried up from the roots, the one that Jesus had cursed. And Peter, remembering, said to him, Rabbi, look, the fig tree which you cursed has withered away. And so Jesus answered and said to him, Have faith in God. You all know the margin by now. Reads, have the faith of God. Or the God kind of faith. Verse 23. For surely I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, be removed and be cast into the sea and does not doubt in his heart, but believes that those things he says will be done, he will have whatever he says. And the saying part and the believing part and the doubting part was referred to in that verse. And there are some things we are not to pray for, but we are to speak to. And we looked at Jesus and how many times he spoke to situations and didn't just sit there and pray to God. Oh, Father God, change this, do this, whatever. He spoke to the situations. But then here and also in this verse, he says, Therefore, I say to you, whatever things you ask when you pray, there's two different ways that we go about this. One is we speak to situations and another is we pray. But there are some times when we are to speak to situations and if we are to speak to situations, we are not to pray. If there are times we are to pray, then we're not necessarily in a place or ready for or it calls for us speaking to situations. Now, the last couple of weeks, we were looking at the aspect of this as the will of God. Brother Hagen used to teach us. He said, faith begins where the will of God is known. And so we spent some time talking about the will of God, understanding the will of God. A couple of weeks ago, we looked at what happens when we get off course. That uh, We looked at contentment. Satan has, Satan has two goals in this area. One is to get you to become content with the things that God has not given you and discontent with the things He has. He wants you to become content with the things that God has not given you and content or discontent with the things that he has. Now, either, either of those situations, he doesn't care which one you fall into, just so you fall into one. He does not want you content with the things that God has given you, or discontent with the things that he has not. In order for us to realize that, we've got to know what the will of God is. If I don't know what the will of God is, I don't know which things he's given me, but many people have not spent time to find out what the will of God is. They just accepted the things that come in their life as being his will. Well, God's sovereign... Whatever comes upon my life, I guess he meant for it to happen. I guess he meant for me to have this thing. I guess this is just the way that it was supposed to be. So I'll just do it. The word of God says, take up your cross. I guess this is just my cross to bear. I guess it's just one of those things I have to do. <laughs> no, that's not so at all. How many times did they try and make Jesus king? 
And what did Jesus say? Well, I guess if you're trying to do it, it must be the will of God. No, he didn't do that. They tried to kill him before his time. What did he do? He got out of it. Why? Why didn't he just say, well, I thought it'd be the will of God for me to die on the cross. And maybe God changed his mind. Maybe he wants me to die now. How many sick people did he come across? And say, well, if you're sick with, you know, you're lame from birth or blind from birth, I guess God must have had a purpose in it. No, he took care of those things. So he wants us to get content with the things that God has not given us and discontent with the things that he has. The other area we looked at was beguilement. And we, we define beguilement as to influence by trickery, flattery, etc., to mislead or delude, to take away from by cheating or deceiving, and to charm or divert, to distract the attention of. If Satan cannot completely mislead you, he will at least try to delude you. If you are not following the pure tr- truth, that sure is better than following the truth. If he can't get you completely off the truth, then let's at least get you off part of the way. Last week we looked at praying in faith. We looked at praying in uncertainty. looked at Saul's sacrifice and David's census. And I gave you this in your, your outline. I'll just repeat it for you because it's real important for us to remember. Urgency is a tool of deceivers to move possessors into willingly giving up their possessions. If you weren't here for that, I want to make sure that you knew that. Urgency is the tool of deceivers. Is Satan a deceiver? He is not the only one, but he is a deceiver. Urgency is the tool of deceivers to move possessors into willingly giving up their possessions. If we are not certain what to ask for, it is not time to pray and ask for anything. We need to find out what the will of God is. And so we spent some time looking at how do I pray to get to know the will of God? How do I do that? We talked about praying in the Spirit to get to know the will of God. Tongues. And praying in tongues is good. Brother Paul, Apostle Paul, what did he say about it? I thank God I pray in tongues a little. More than all. I can look at the gifts of the Spirit. There are nine gifts of the Spirit. How many of them are done in a language that you know? Eight. Eight of the nine gifts of the Spirit are done in a language that you know. One is in a language that you do not. So if the gifts of the Spirit are mostly done in a language we know, why is it that praying in the Spirit is only done in a language we do not? Now, it's good to pray in a language that you don't because you, cir- you circumvent your understanding and I can have the Holy Spirit pray through me things I need, but I don't understand yet. But there is no faith involved in the prayer of praying in tongues because I don't know what I pray. And we need to get ourselves more into a place of faith. So praying in the Spirit can be just like it is with prophecy. When we prophesy, we say things that are inspired inside of us by the Holy Spirit, but we speak them out and it's done in a known language. When I move into the gifts of the word of knowledge or the word of wisdom, I speak things that I don't know, but the Spirit has given me utterance in it. He's given me words to say on that. And I speak those words out. And in the same way in prayer, he'll do do the same way. He will give you words to pray for other people that you don't know anything about. And that takes faith. You will grow more spiritually praying inspired prayers that you understand 
than inspired prayers that you don't. Because your faith is involved. It engages your faith. So allow the Holy Spirit to lead you in this area and to, to pray on some things in the Spirit. When we're praying to get the will of God, we said, first off, make sure it's not a matter already settled in the Word. If you take a matter to prayer to find out what the will of God is, and God has already said what His will is in, in the Word, you are set up to miss it. Second, seek the counsel of other mature Christians. They may be able to help you out with that so that you don't get deceived. And third, ask God in prayer. Now, Mark eleven twenty four. we already read this. Let's read it again. And I want to read it for you in some other translations. Therefore, I say to you, whatever things you ask when you pray, believe that you receive them and you will have them. The King James says, what things soever you desire. The New American Standard Bible says, therefore, I say to you, all things for which you pray and ask, believe that you have received them and they will be granted to you. The English Standard Version, Therefore I tell you, whatever you ask in prayer, believe that you have received it, and it will be yours. The New Living Translation, I tell you, you can pray for anything, and if you believe that you've received it, it will be yours. The message, that's why I urge you to pray for absolutely everything, ranging from small to great, including everything as you embrace this God life, and you'll get God's everything. The Bible in basic English, for this reason I say to you, whatever you make a request for in prayer, have faith that it has been given to you and you will have it. The Amplified, for this reason I am telling you, whatever you ask for in prayer, believe, trust and be confident that it is granted to you and you will get it. Now the word here, we're going to first off start with, with the asking area. On the asking, on this there is no restrictions, is there? Whatever you ask. The word for whatever, or what things, or uh, every translation does it differently because the word has a, a lot of different meanings to it. It's a fairly common word. Halsos means to determine by context to include whatever time, space, expanse, or whatever things. It is determined by the context to include whatever time, space, expanse, or things. Basically, it is of those things we are instructed to pray for, whatever of those things. Because the qualifier, whatever things you pray. Whatever things you pray. So whatever things that I take to God in prayer. That means anytime I go to God in prayer, whatever things they are about. Whatever things I go to God in prayer, this is how I am to go to Him. When I speak to situations... It locks us down in that, how we are to do so. If you say to this mountain, be removed and be cast into the sea, do not doubt in your heart, but believe that those things that you say will come to pass, you shall have whatever you say. No prayer involved in that. You just speak to those things. Because there are some mountains in our life, there are some trees, there are some things in our life that speak to us, as the fig tree did to Jesus, then we answer back or we speak to them and we change them to the point that you can relocate landscapes. If you don't doubt in your heart, but believe that those things that you say will come to pass. So the, the trick there in that one is you got to build up belief. Here, the same thing is this. Whatever things I pray for, believe. Whatever things I go to God in prayer for, Believe. 
Now, let's, get it, go, let's go over this one more time. I want you to get this part of it down. What things in prayer is he speaking about? Whatever. Whatever things. That's why I read all those, all those translations for you to understand. He has opened this up. By using this word, it is opened up to include whatever you pray for. That's why one translation put it, what things you ever, or whatever you desire. Whatever you go to God in prayer for, whatever you go to God in prayer for. Does this include all prayer? It has to, doesn't it? Whatever things, whatever whatever I desire, whatever I am going to God in prayer for, whatever I am going into prayer for, believe. If I go to God in prayer without the ingredient of belief, I'm wrong. How many times have you heard people, oh God, I, oh just make some way that this would happen. Oh God, please, I just, oh, I, I hope that you'll, you'll just do this for me. Is there belief there? No. Now look at the verse again. Therefore I say to you, whatever things you ask when you pray, believe that you receive them and you will have them. If I go to God asking for anything, doesn't matter. Doesn't matter if it's something I can touch. If I go to Him asking for His will, if I go to Him asking for whatever it is, Whatever I go to God for, I must believe. There must be a belief in there. Too many times, folks, I hear Christians in their prayers, they'll recite what they prayed, they'll say how they prayed, and you can hear the unbelief in the prayer. If you go to God and ask Him for something in prayer, I'm not talking about conversation. I'm talking to going to God, asking Him for something in prayer. doesn't matter if it's a thing, whatever it is that you desire. Understanding, Knowledge, something, whatever it is, you got to have faith for it. You got to believe. I say to you, whatever things you ask when you pray, believe that you receive them and you will have them. So the first thing on this is the asking. There are no restrictions on this. Whatever it is that you ask, be in a place of believing. I put this in your outline too. I cannot just come up with things to pray for. But as I am instructed from the Word, those things. Those are the things. There's a prayer of a young child. She said this. She said, Bless my mommy. Bless my daddy. And dear God, take care of yourself. If anything happens to you, we're all sunk. (laughs) Whatever you ask for in prayer, be believing. Be believing. Let's take a look at that second part. We looked at the asking. Let's take a look at the believing part. So whatever I ask in prayer, I must be believing. It's not a a recommendation. It's a must. Whatever I ask for in prayer, I must be believing. If I am not believing and I want to ask God for something in prayer, what should I do? Ask anyway. See what happens. Maybe something good will come. No. No. Get myself to the place of believing before I go asking. So how do I come to a place to ask and believe that I will receive them? Well, we get it through the Word or through the understanding of the Word. I I come to a place of believing 
through the understanding of the Word. It must be a correct understanding. I must walk in the truth. We talked about it on Wednesday nights. The belt of truth. The belt of truth. It's everything that holds it together. It does not matter if you think it is true. It matters if it is true. Think of your house. How many times have you worked on the, on the house yourself? You've learned some things when working on that house. Maybe you didn't know about electricity, but thought, well, this can't be too hard. I don't believe that'll hurt if I do that. <laughs> Did that matter? <laughs> no. Electricity has a certain way of working. And if you go against it, that's how it is. What, how many of you got zapped by, by something? I didn't think that was on. Well, you may have believed that it was not on, but guess what? It was on. <laughs> and it got you. And oh, man, I felt that. Wow, that hurt. I've been zapped a number of times by electricity. doesn't stop me. I still go back and work on electric again. Sometimes I thought it was off and it was on. Sometimes I thought it was okay and it wasn't. Most times it comes out okay, but sometimes, oh man, I can still remember some of those zaps that you, that you get. And uh, boy, that wakes you up. Mm. See, it doesn't matter that I, I understood it to be off. It wasn't. My understanding made no, no difference to it at all because my understanding was incorrect. It was on. Just because you think you understand a thing, just because you think this is true, does not mean it's so. Truth is truth. That's all that there is to it. Truth is truth. The news media buys into this thing that if we say it enough times, people will think it's true. And a lot of people do that. But it doesn't make it true. Just because people believe it to be true doesn't make it true. Through the understanding of the Word is how we come into a place of this believing. Now this goes beyond mere merely hearing. It goes beyond mere... Just because I hear the Word does not mean I understand it. You all know this well. How many times have you had a conversation with a person... And you know that they're hearing you, but they're not hearing you. Just because they heard you doesn't mean that they got it. How does understanding come? How does understanding come? Sometimes I... Understanding on it. Other things you struggle with. Now you, when you're going through high school, when you're going through college, how many of you had courses that seemed easy? When you heard the principles taught in class, you grasp it, no problem. And just because you got it through great difficulty doesn't mean you got it any better than someone else. Sometimes we just hear it and understand it. But it's the understanding that unlocks it. I got to understand it. If I just hear it, but don't understand it, I won't keep it. And I may not be applying the right, the right type of thing. There's other, other uh, subjects we had in school and we would hear it, but it, oh man, this is just like a foreign language to me. I don't get this at all. And so we go out there and we find someone who is a tutor to try and help us. Thank God for the Holy Spirit. He's our tutor. He's there to help us understand. Sometimes I hear the thing and I understand it right away. And sometimes I hear and I'm unsure. I heard that. I'm, not, I'm just not sure. 
what that means. I'm not sure how to apply that. I'm not sure how that makes sense yet. It doesn't make sense to me yet. I need to spend some more time on it. Sometimes I hear and meditate until revelation comes. You meditate on it. I know, I know this is truth, but I just got to get it. I just got to get it. And you meditate, you meditate, you go over it, you go over it, you go over it, you go over it, and then bam! Ah! Yes! Now I got it. That's it. But it's the understanding that you need to pursue. I've got to get the understanding. Just because I heard it doesn't mean I understand it. I need to get to a place where I understand it so that I can go to God and ask, believing. Now here's the trouble. Trouble comes when we hear and understand what our fle- with our flesh and not our spirit. That's when we get in trouble. Because my flesh can provide understanding. Now you can relate to this because how many times in school did someone in class have an understanding of the topic taught? And they spoke out of that understanding and the class laughed at them. (laughs) You could just hear the chuckles going through the room because the understanding they came out with, it's not right. That's not, you know, it's, people look like, really? That's what you got? You got that out of that? Are you, and they, they were totally sincere. Well, we sometimes in the things of God can do the same thing. I get an understanding out of our flesh. Out of my flesh. Because there are some things that I want. There's some things I desire. And I understand out of that desire. I understand out of my mind. I understand out of my flesh. I don't understand with my spirit. When the disciples came to the understanding of who Jesus was, Jesus' words to him, I'll repeat these again for you. Flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my Father in heaven. And because of that revelation, he went on and taught them differently. Taught them with, in, the, in the greater things. Paul, to the, to the uh, churches, he wrote, I would to, to give you meat, but I have to continue to give you milk. You're not ready yet. Their understanding hadn't grown. We're understanding some things with our flesh. Now, there are some people in their Christian walk that if you give them spiritual principles, they will hear it in their flesh. That's just where they are in their walk. Here's an example of that. Remember the disciples got into the boat after the feeding of the 4,000? And Jesus said, Beware of the leaven of the Pharisees and the Sadducees. And disciples perceived that he was saying, It's because we forgot bread. (laughs) That's a flesh understanding of a spiritual principle. And Jesus kind of slapped them upside the head with that. He says, We just got done feeding 5,000 people. How many bread things did you take up? We just, and then after that, we fed 4,000 other people. How many bread fragments did you take up? And you think I'm saying this because you didn't bring any bread? Really? Is that what you get? That's a flesh understanding of a spiccial principle. And then Donald, oh, he's talking about the teaching of the Pharisees and the Sadducees. Hello. You know, sometimes the light's on, but nobody's home. Sometimes it looks like the house is inhabited, but you know, there's nothing up there. No one home. Trouble comes when we hear and understand with our flesh and not our spirit. But some Christians never, per, never pursue the walk with God to understand anything outside of their flesh. Oh, I, I read this scripture today and God knew I was going through this. 
and I was just reading this, and oh, it just ministered to me so much. And you, you look at that and you say, yeah, did you read the context of that? No, I just read this one verse, and oh, it just ministered, ministered to me, so I just feel so much better. You know, you, you don't always say what you like to say. You like to just say, you dimwit. Read the rest of the verse of that thing and find out what it's actually saying. Stop taking your own meaning out of the thing. <laughs> but you do have to be careful with, with some things that you say to some people. <laughs> don't want to just say that all, all the time. But, but sometimes that's what we are. We're just dimwits. Sometimes, you know, we've had to go back. I've had to go back to God and say, Dear God, forgive me for such a weak understanding of your word. Oh, man, what did I do? Why was I wallowing in that, in that weak understanding? Look at how much more there was to that thing. You know, and, and people want to understand the Word of God in their flesh. Oh, I was going through something emotionally and this just made me feel better. Why? Why did it make you feel better? Oh, I don't know. It just, you know, it just was uplifting and it just... Doggone, folks. Get into some meat. Understand the will of God. Understand what He's trying to teach you. Don't be like the disciples. Oh, we forgot to take bread. Got a whole lot of people understanding Jesus. We forgot to take bread. Jesus says, man, that's not what I'm talking about at all. Can't you get it? I thought we were growing here. I thought we were doing... Why did Jesus say that teaching? I mean, it was not much of a teaching, was it? Beware of the leaven of the Pharisees and of the Sadducees. That's not real deep. I think he thought he could hand, they could handle that. And then they come back with, oh man, we forgot to take bread. He's rebuking us. Doggone, folks. And people will pray out of that kind of an understanding. They pray weakly. They pray without belief. They're asking for things, but there's no belief there. They're just asking. Because, well, I took it to God and it's up to Him now. No, it's not. You didn't ask right. How are you supposed to ask? Believing. But I don't know if I can... Well, then you shouldn't be asking. Why are you asking something from God if you don't know that He wants you to have it? Now, when you were growing up, did you not understand the will of your parents before you went in and asked them something? Did we not spend some time thinking about what is the will of my mom on this? What is the will of my dad on this? Because you have had experience before where you found out that will in the midst of asking. And it wasn't good. So you, 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 find out, you, you found out as you're growing up that if you wanted to ask to go out someplace or to do something, it was best if you did what you were supposed to have done already. Already done. And that didn't work out better. I learned that. So therefore... We apply that. Wait a minute. I want to ask, can, can I do this? But I haven't, haven't done this. First, and then I ask. Because you know, if you go and ask, you know, can I go over to John's and play? Did you mow the lawn yet? Did you clean up your room? Did you do your homework? You know the list that's going to go down. So what do you just do? Well, let's take care of those things first. And then I can have faith and confidence that when I go out there, we got a good thing. How many, we played this game here a few times. How many of y'all remember that game, Apples to Apples? We've had game nights here and we've played that and we've taken our Apples to Apples game to other places and other locations and we always preach the same message whenever we get started playing Apples to Apples with a new group of people. 
Know the judge. It's simple. Know the judge. Because if you know the judge, you can lay down the right card. Now, if you play apples to apples right, you know, you can play with three people, five people, eight people, twelve people, don't matter. But if you play it right, if you're playing with twelve people, one of those people is the judge, so you have eleven people around the table. Only ten cards should be accepted. The last card is thrown out. That's to try and keep everybody moving. Otherwise, they just sit there and take forever trying to think about what they're, what one they want to flip out. So if you have all these cards out there, and the judge changes from each, each hand, to another hand, you always get a different judge up there. So you've got to know the judge. What kind of things does this judge like to pick? And if it's a new person, you may take you a little while to, to learn the judge. Now, if you played the game with me, you will know there are certain things that will win all the time. Generally, anything regarding Star Trek wins. It doesn't matter if it's relevant. You know, Captain Picard trumps just about everything out there. Or whatever. <laughs> that, that's me. Now, if you throw that down and my wife is a judge, you don't have a shot. She really don't care about that stuff at all. But you put something down there that's sweet and, and uh, romantic or something about uh, uh, ballet or, or things like, oh, sure, you'll, you'll have a much better chance with that. You throw that down with me, you don't get very far. But you got to know the judge. We were playing this one time down with my uncle at my uncle's house. He and his, um, his wife, we're, we're playing with us, and, and uh, they had a couple of their uh, relatives over there at the table, and we were all there at the table. And so we were doing this, and I was the judge at the time. And they threw down uh, all the cards, and, and one of the cards, the, the question was, or the topic was, uh, something legendary, or legend, something like that. I think that was the word, legend. And so all these things came on in, and you know nothing was really, really good, but one of the cards that one of the persons put down was Babe Ruth. Babe Ruth. Most people think of him as a legend. But if you knew the judge, you knew that I did not. And so we had all these things out there. And one of the first cards I eliminated, because that's what you do. You have, you know, 10 cards or whatever. You, you eliminate the ones, well, we don't like this one. We don't like this one. We don't like this one. This is a junk card somebody just threw out. Well, he was one of the first cards I took out. And they all stood around and said, what? You eliminate Babe Ruth? I said, yeah, he was a scoundrel. He's not a legend. The guy does not belong in any legend book. He was an absolute scoundrel of an individual. I don't care what he did in life. He was a terrible person and I will not pick him. And so I picked something else and, you know, it wasn't really legend quality. And uh, the person who put down that card and one says, you know what? I'm just going to supersede the judge here and pick your card. I said, you can't do that. You are not the judge. I stood by my guns. Babe Ruth was not going to be a legend. Not on our table. Not as long as I was a judge. You see, you got to know the judge. If you don't know the judge, you can throw down the wrong card and lose. Whereas that card would have won with someone else. So sometimes, you know, Christian and I, we've, we've talked about strategies at times when we've played this game. And we get certain cards and we just, we don't care what it is. That card's not going out until that person's the judge. Because that's that person's card. That's just how it, how it goes. And you just... uh you just know these things and you do that. We've got to get to know our father in that way. What would he want when I'm coming to prayer? What are some of the things that God asks for? He doesn't ask if we mowed the lawn, did our homework. He's asking, but he's, he's laid things out in his word and he wants to see that, he's, that we've done those things. Now, I'll give you some cases and points here. 
the woman who um, had the, the daughter over in the region of Tyre. She did her homework. She understood. She knew the Father. She knew the will. And when Jesus didn't give her the time of day, she kept imploring, then she, then she worshipped. Alright, the employee begging isn't going to help. Let's, let's try some worship. And so she worshipped, got Jesus' attention, and he said, the children's bread is not meant for the dogs, for the little dogs. Called her a little dog. And she said, yes, Lord, but even the little dogs get to eat the crumbs that fall from the master's table. And Jesus was, ah, oh, you got my attention now. That's like putting down a card that says Jean-Luc Picard. <laughs> right? Star Trek card. He got the attention. Let's just see if we can find a way to make this thing work now. Yeah. All right. Okay, you got what you want. Go ahead. <laughs> you got to know the, the will of the Father. You see, when she was asking, she was believing. If she wasn't believing, she would have stopped. She would have stopped. You can go through this with a whole lot of other ones too. The centurion. You don't need to come to my house. I too am a man under authority. If you just say to this thing, go, because I say to one go and he goes, and another one come and he comes. If you just say the word, the disease will go. And Jesus just marveled. and said, I haven't seen this great a faith in all of Israel. Know the Father. Know the Father. Know what His will. Jesus came to do the will of the Father. If you knew the Father, you knew what Jesus was here to do. And it would be easy to pray that way. Don't settle for a flesh understanding, not one that's in your spirit. If what you understand in the Word is not working, then why don't you change your understanding? Why don't you go to God and say, Father God, I am not understanding this right. Help me that I get a better understanding of this. You remember what we looked at this scripture? I think we uh, looked at this on Sunday. I don't think it was Wednesday. But we looked at the, the scripture in Daniel. And Daniel finally understood by the scriptures 70 weeks or 70 years. 70 years has been determined for our people. So he set out to find out, all right, God, I understand now 70 years is, is uh, and we're about there. So what's up? What happens now? And as soon as he made that prayer, what happened with the angels? They were dispatched to come and to bring him. And they, their command was make him understand. And says, Daniel, because you have prayed this, I have come to make you understand. Seventy weeks have been determined for your people. Sixty-two, seven, and one. I'm here to make you understand those seventy weeks. If, if the understanding you have is not working, but you see something in Scripture, ask the Father. What's going on with this? How how does how this, this go? Don't just sit there and say, well, I just don't know. If you don't know how something's working in your house, in the electrical area, you have a couple of choices. One, you can bring someone in who has understanding, an electrician. You all know how much they charge. And there are some times that you just run into a situation where it's beyond you and you just need to get somebody on in there. But if you're just trying to do something light, then maybe you can just learn. Well, I need some understanding on this because the understanding I have, I'm, I'm not getting there. So I can press in and understand some more. Press in to understand what the Father has. Get to a place where you can be believing. That's when we build, build faith. Not from God's Word, but through our desires. 
when we have that flesh understanding. I'm building faith, but it's not based on God's word. It's based on my desires. There are people who go to God in faith, but their faith is based on what they want, what they desire, what their flesh has understood the word to say. It's not what God is truly saying. That will not get God's attention. As Ethel was saying this morning, what's that smell? God can smell faith and he can smell flesh. He does not like smell of flesh. The smell of flesh to our father is like the smell of cooked cabbage to me. You all understand that, right? <laughs> cooked cabbage, especially sauerkraut. Oh, oh I, need to, I need to go somewhere. Oh, I do not like the smell of sauerkraut. Now, some of you folks enjoy sauerkraut and like sauerkraut. And I'm not saying that, you know, that's, it's just the way it is for me. In the same way that sauerkraut has a horrible smell to me and I go in the other direction. God does not like the smell of flesh. He does not like the smell of flesh faith. He likes the smell of spirit faith. Like a nice ribeye steak out on the grill. Well seasoned. Like a baked potato with butter and sour cream. Maybe a few shives on it. Mm-mm. Those kind of things. That's kind of stuff that, oh, like fresh baked apple pie. He can tell smells. And certain ones get his attention. And other ones say, get that away from me. That is flesh. That's a flesh understanding. It's a weak understanding. That's not going to get anywhere with me. Because he's given us his word. He's given us his spirit to help us understand his word. And he expects us to build faith on it. So that's why he said in the scripture. Whatever things you ask when you pray, believe that you receive them. He expects us to believe the things that we ask when we pray. He would not expect that if we were not given the tools to have that done. So building faith, not from God's word, but through our desires. They may be beneficial things or may not be beneficial things. It doesn't matter. The faith isn't there from God's word. They are not from faith in the word. The believing must be present when the asking in prayer or with the asking in prayer. So let's go on to the next part. He says, therefore, I say to you, whatever things you ask when you pray, believe that you receive them and you will have them believe that you receive them. So here's the third part. It's the receiving. We had the asking. We had the believing and then the receiving. It's not said to come. It's not said to come. The the receiving, the, the believing is not said to come with the asking. The receiving is not said to come. Sorry, I said that wrong. The receiving is not said to come with the asking. I don't receive when I ask. I believe when I ask that I have received. I believe that when I ask, I have received. There are a whole lot of Christians who heard this verse, think they understand this verse, and they go off and you hear them speaking, and they do not believe that they have received the thing that they've asked. They don't believe it. You can tell, you, you can't talk to them about it, but they're not there. The receiving comes after. It's not said to come with the asking, but after. After the asking. Doesn't say how long, does it? By, by faith, belief, uh, faith slash belief, 
My faith slash belief must be such that I believe that it is much mine now as later. I must believe that what I am asking, I have faith, I have belief that the thing I am asking is as much mine now as it is later. I must believe that it's mine now. Now, we've done this many times. We've used the example many times at Christmas time. You've asked for the thing maybe in uh, November. What would you like for Christmas? And you asked for that thing in November. And you believe that you're going to receive it in December. Right? You believe that it's coming. But I believe, I asked for it. I can give you another case. An example, you know, Christian has a job now, a couple of jobs, but one of them is over at Ace. And Ace is one of the places that I go to, to buy some of the stuff that I need for staining the, the bunk beds and, and other, other few little things. And, that, and sometimes I'm getting ready to stain the bed that night and I look at my supply and I notice I'm missing the color I'm supposed to stain this bed. And so I send Christian a text. Can you pick up such and such a color? Yep. Bring it home with me tonight. Well, I've asked him for that particular color, that particular stain, right? Now, what happens if I come in and I'm oh, man, I hope Christian brings home that stain. I don't, maybe I should just go and get it. Because if he comes home and it, he doesn't have the stain, oh, I can't stain this bed and, and oh, I just got all... Maybe I should just go and get it. No, am I, did I ask believing? Not, not in that case. Maybe I should send him another text. I'm just reminding you... Bring that that state. Am I am I believing? No. No. So I sent him a text. Hey, can you bring home this color? He'll say okay. And that's it. I don't think about it again. I don't worry about it. I don't be concerned about it. He just he comes on home and he brings it on home and he plops it on down. I go in and I stain the thing up and we're all set and we're all good. But you see, we we can do that in a natural with things. Why is it we can't do it with God? So we go to God and we say, God, I need understanding on this. I need wisdom in this particular matter. I need supply in this particular thing. And I pray, and then I go away from prayer. Oh, dear. What if, what if I don't get it? I mean, what if God doesn't want to give that to me? What if... this ...say to you, whatever things you ask when you pray... Believe that you receive them and you will have them. So in order for me to get to a place where I have them, I need to believe I received them when I asked. When I asked is when I need to believe that I received it, not when I see it. That's what we need to do. The receiving will come. Understand this, the receiving has no impact on the believing. The receiving has no impact on the believing. If you have a believing that is impacted by the receiving, it's not the God kind of faith. Because in the God kind of faith, which is what we had in verse 22 and 23, it's not involved. The receiving has no impact on the believing. Once it comes, I've already believed it's mine. There's no shock. It's no surprise. Well, I'll put this in your outline too. We can ask anything in prayer 
as long as we have faith that God will answer it that is generated from God's Word. We can ask anything in prayer as long as we have faith that God will answer it that is generated from God's Word. And that's why Jesus can say in this verse, ask anything. Because He qualifies it with believing. And it's believing as in the faith of God. And the faith of God only comes built from the Word of God. So the Word of God is going to give me what the understanding so that I can believe that when I am asking, I am believing, I am in faith, and the receiving, it doesn't matter. I will receive it. It's coming. It's, my, it's as good as mine now. I got it. Now, understand this. Is there a problem if I add a time limit? <laughs> uh-huh. There surely is. How many times, though, have we prayed and asked, and well, I need this by... And we put a time limit on it. I need this by this time. What does that mean? My believing is based on my receiving. But my receiving is based on my believing. And if I flip it and have my believing based on my receiving, I'm not lining up with this verse, am I? Is there a problem if I put a time limit on it? Oh, yeah, there sure is. What if Abraham had put a time limit on when the baby would come? What if Israel put a time limit on how long they were going to believe to be let out of the nation of Egypt. God even said 400 years. That's a long time. There's, there is a problem if I had a time limit. What about if I lack understanding? Is that a problem? Oh, yeah. I got to have understanding and the right kind of understanding. The wrong kind of understanding. Just because I think God ought to do this, it's just like saying, well, I think the judge ought to pick this card. In the game, no. has nothing to do with that. Get the right understanding. So it goes this way. Understand, ask and believe to receive. So understand, ask and believe to receive. i got to first off understand because that's where that right faith comes from. Then I ask and believe based on that understanding. And then guess what? I receive. I receive. God blesses me with the thing. Did God bless Abraham with a faith child? Did God make him a father of many nations? Did God bless him? Now notice this with Abraham. Abraham had no problem believing for money. He had a problem believing for kids. Sometimes people have no trouble believing God for healing, but finances are tough. Some people have no trouble believing God for finances, but believing God for wisdom and understanding on a matter. Oh, I'm not sure about that. Because some things come easy to you, and some things are hard. Some things I hear and I understand immediately. And some things I hear and I struggle well, those are just some things that your flesh rises up and is a little bit louder than your spirit. Those other ones, your spirit's just able to grab hold of it. There's nothing making noise, nothing interfering. You're able to get it. So the next uh, few weeks, this part won't last all that long, but we wanted to finish off this last section. So we just introduced it here to you this time. Praying, asking God for things, believing, glory to God, receiving. 
We want to take a look at this part. We've looked at the speaking to things. Now let's take a look at the asking in prayer. Let's make sure we have some correct understanding. We're going to take some topics and get the right understanding on them. We're not going to take all the topics, but we're going to take some. And we're going to look at that understanding. We're going to look at some of the things that get in the way, some of some of the things that hold you back. We'll be able to help you help you out with some of those things before we move on to some other, other areas. Would you all stand up with me? Father, we thank you for the help that you give us. You have opened up your word to us. You opened up your understanding. By faith, Father, we can ask anything of you, believing that we receive. The faith that comes from your word, the things, the things that you have revealed to us, the things you've given us spiritual understanding on. We can ask things based on that understanding. That true understanding of your truth and your word. Not a thing that we want to be true, but the things that actually are true. For our understanding may be faulty, but you sent your spirit to help us. But you don't want us to go into prayer with faulty understanding any more than we would tackle an electric job with a faulty understanding of what's going on. None of us would take on prayer or take on electrical matter in our homes saying, I think the power's off. But too often, Father, we go into prayer. I think this is so. We need to know. And I thank you for the belief that we're going to have in you. We give you the praise and the glory for it. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen.